Hi, this is Misha broadcasting for Pretentious Times. I'm here doing an interview with Dimebag Duffy, who is a, a, <laughs> a uh, what would you say you are, a cannabis uh, activist in NEPA? Yeah, well, specifically for veterans' rights, but in the same breath, anything I do is also for every other U.S. citizen, so it's... Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, my first question is kind of sensitive, so... All right. So, uh, what made you decide to join the Army? Oh, uh, I'm from Staten Island, New York, and I literally watched 9-11 happen with my own eyes. I didn't see it on TV... I watched it happen with my own eyes at McKee Vocational Technical High School on top of the hill in St. George in Staten Island, New York. So how old are you? Jeez, I don't even know. You don't uh, even know I how was old in you high are. school. I was in no, high school. No, but how old are you now? 34. Okay, all right. Because I, I was, was 13 when it happened, so you must have been almost a senior. Something right. like that. I, yeah. uh, I was in... My last couple of years of high school, if not the last two years of high school. I graduated in 2002. Okay, I graduated in 2006. Okay. So, how different was Afghanistan to what you were prepared for? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I was completely prepared for Afghanistan because... I first joined the Army in 2006. Okay. At the end of my training, I sustained a spinal injury because I fell off of an obstacle course. Uh, what the hell was it? I don't remember the name of the obstacle course at the moment, but it was basically platforms six or seven feet above each other. Where was this? Uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, okay. infantry training, 2006. Okay. I fell off of an obstacle... Oh, I fell off an obstacle course called the Skyscraper when we were doing something... That's awful. It was pretty high. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was approximately two and a half to three stories high is the top of it. Okay. And I fell off the second to the last rung, I guess you would call, or the level. Okay. Because the only difference between the regular basic training infantry confidence course and what the drill sergeants called a ranger course was that you did it by yourself. Okay. The ranger course, you did it by yourself. The confidence course... Well, so how is the ranger score... How was the Ranger Corps scored then if you did by yourself? I'm not exactly sure because what I did was literally the confidence course for regular basic training, but you do it without any help, and they called it a Ranger course. It was like, it was like, um, something the drill sergeants had us do as a playground before getting to ranger training because the people in 
Bravo 150, when I joined in 2006, we all had the ladder program, which was regular infantry, uh, airborne, ranger, then special forces. Okay. What were you considered? The ladder program. Okay. But you continue training as you're ready to receive that training. Okay. All the ladder program meant was that I was eligible for the training when I felt I was eligible. I would request the training, and then when the available spot came up, my name would be close to the first requested. Anyone who qualified... So you were in, like, a waiting list, pretty kind much. Kind of. Okay. Kind of, but I was on a fast track to a waiting list. Okay, okay. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's... It's just so convoluted and complicated that it's hard to explain All sometimes. All right, so <laughs> what... Okay, so what was the last thing I said? How did your time in Afghanistan change you, and why are you home now? Hmm. How did the time in Afghanistan change me? Um, that's a little complicated because everybody's deployment is different. Nobody's going to have the same story because it really depends on who you're assigned to and what your specific mission is. Okay. Because according to what the vast majority knows I'm just a mechanic. Okay. But. I like your Thanos ring, by the way. I wear a metal. Well, I just got this today in my Thanos ring. <laughs> it's just so sparkly. It's surprising to me. Every other ring I have is silver because it's Sabine. Yeah, that was gold and it's so sparkly. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse but, um, us. <laughs> Okay, but continue. So Hold how on, did it change take you? Take a drink right here. So how did it change me? Oh, jeez. I told you. Uh, yeah, sorry. I drank Podcasts, so I like to do uh, YouTube because people can see my face and I can give Well, references. we can do that eventually, but I don't have a computer right now. I have, and I, I have two forms of military identification. One before deployment and one after deployment. Uh, okay, so are you going to finish my questions or not? Well... It has, it's a little bit of a complicated question because it de depends on each individual's deployment. Well, we can do this and I then happen you to can be plug me on friggin YouTube. Shot at. <laughs> not everybody get, gets no, direct, don't do that. not everybody mm. receives direct fire and then But you returns. don't know your first, they don't know your first name, right? Any, any soldier who hears me talking is going to know my name because I know oh. a lot more people than anybody realizes. Well, we can cut that part out. But the military is a lot smaller than anybody realizes. I can cut that part out. It doesn't have to be. I'm not saying anything that I okay. can't say. Sergeant Platt's hearing. Okay, or, well, I have one. Well, I actually, couple, he's not even in the Army anymore. I have a couple more questions. But there are people in intelligence listening. Fuckers. Okay. I have a couple more questions. Before deployment. You're after so deployment. nerdy. Oh, I'm what has there. adjusting back to civilian life been like since returning home? Uh, I wouldn't quite know because I haven't really adjusted to civilian life because it's so different from military life. And, uh, I don't know. I think the standards that I was living by and the way I've been clinging to those standards is why... 
I've been at, <sighs> why I've been able to maintain the way I have been. You know, I'm still not, even though I'm not at, in the best position I am in my life, I'm still doing a lot better than other people. That is true. I, yeah. With, with That's the, very, very true. With the bare minimum I have, I can utilize my training to make the most out of it. That's very, very true. Okay, so I have a couple more questions that are written down. Now, <laughs> how do you think consuming cannabis products has helped your emotional well-being as well as your physical? Mm. See, That's this really is an important question. I love that one. Yeah, right? And See, sometimes I have some good ideas. As we speak, I'm loading a bowl right now, or packing a bowl right now. You don't need to say that. I say it. I say anything I want. I'm a disabled combat veteran with a medical right, with well, a medical what? with a medical cannabis card. I don't necessarily condone this. What are you talking about? I have a medical marijuana card. I'm just card. telling these people I don't have a card, so I'm just saying I don't necessarily. But don't you want one? Yes, I do. But All right, so why don't you condone it? No, 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 no. I don't have two hundred fifty fucking dollars, bitch. Listen, listen. <laughs> That's the again with what I say about civilians and military. Listen to the words that you use and realize that you don't need to be afraid of the authority because the authority who's trying to come I after fought the law in the law one. I fought you didn't the law know in me. the law one. Because you didn't know me. I went to jail and I told the corrections officers, you better take good care of my weed because if you don't give me my weed, I'm going to report every goddamn one of you and I will put your badges up on my mantle. And what did they do? They gave me my weed back, and I smoked it in front of them, and they looked nice. so mad. I oh. they just, where, were you, where were you, Luzerne County? Uh, I was held in... Or was it like Wilkes-Barre? Allentown. Oh, Allentown. Oh, Jesus. I was held for an unrelated reason. Oh, no. But I was held overnight in Allentown, and uh, I met... Allentown's terrible, especially for white supremacists. What the hell? What do you mean terrible for white supremacists? Of, there's a lot of white supremacists there in Allentown. There is no terrible for white supremacists. There's there a lot white of white supremacists, supremacists in Allentown. And white supremacists should be executed. There is no terrible for white supremacists. There shouldn't be white supremacists. There shouldn't be any race supremacists. It's fucking disgusting. I can't goddamn stand it. And if I could, I would beat every real Nazi to death with my hands. Or she wasn't let somebody, bathroom. let anybody, press it, whore, fucking whore. If I were alive during World War II in Germany, I would have been the motherfucker to kill Germany, to kill Adolf Hitler, and I would have done it with my hands if necessary. Go ahead and point at a real neo-Nazi. That motherfucker's not going to live for a week, I guarantee goddamn tea. <laughs> I give less than two shits. Identify yourself as a neo-Nazi, and I will kill you, whore. Okay. All right. Good to know people. Good to know people. I'm a Afghan war veteran. I do and say whatever the fuck I want. If you're a neo-Nazi, right. I will goddamn kill you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I get I get worked up. I don't know I where the a, fuck I was now, bitch. Okay. I have a Jamaican wife and a mixed race daughter. Let any white supremacist say something to me. I'm just saying I don't know where the fuck I was. 
I don't know. You're the one who wrote down the questions. Ah! How do you think consuming cannabis products has helped your emotional well-being oh, as well as question. physical? Okay. I was on behavioral health medication from the VA. I know. Since leaving the military in 2012. Yes. All those medications did was increase my emotional instability. Mm-hmm. The sleeping... Medication that they gave me caused restless leg syndrome. I didn't know what was causing it, so it caused anxiety attacks. Oh, that's not good. So when I remembered to take my sleeping medication, Mm -hmm. it would cause restless leg syndrome, which would lead to anxiety attacks because I didn't know what was going on. Oh, you on Trazodone? Because uh, I was on that for years, and it stopped working. That was something that I was on while in military service for my mm-hmm. back pain. And for sleep, after military service, fairly recently, the Army gave me, or at least the VA, rather, gabapentin. Gabapentin's all right. That what was triggering what I felt as restless leg syndrome, and I didn't know what oh, it was. Oh, Really? You were probably on too high of a dose. What were they giving you? I don't even remember because as far as VA medication, I just take what the VA tells on, me. And I, don't I was pay on 800 milligrams like three times a day. And that was too, like, for me that was enough. But for you, that was probably too much. I'm not sure because, like I said, I as far as the VA, I know that that's my doctor, so I should be able to trust my doctor. I just take what the doctor gives me, and I don't even look at the name, because the doctor's the one who prescribes it to me. But now I come to realize I should be paying attention, because these doctors apparently don't give a shit. True. And now that I'm smoking, now that I'm able to smoke marijuana without worrying about going to jail, I have completely stopped taking my VA medication, and I smoke a lot more weed. Well, here's my next question. I smoke a lot more weed, and I'm... My daughter, who was here a couple of months ago, told me how much nicer I am now that I smoke... Now that the house smells funny. Uh, Here's my next question. Why did you decide to become an activist? Uh, reason. For the same reason I joined the Army. I saw... I saw... I watched 9-11 happen... And sure, it took me a couple of years later to join, but still, so many other people didn't do anything. Yeah. In order to change the bad things that are going on, people have to stand up and change it themselves. Mm hmm. That's another reason why I'm fighting so hard right now for not only veterans' rights, but everybody else's rights to grow. Marijuana in their own homes. Fuck the government. I why think should, that's why a do good we need idea. permission from the government? I think in Pennsylvania, once we get, uh, we're allowed to have so many plants if we get it recreationally. Approved. As many as we can fit in our house. Why should yeah. we let the government tell us how many plants we can grow? It's a fucking plant. How many people have overdosed from marijuana? Um, fucking zero. Okay, well, here's my next <laughs> question. Why did you decide to become an activist? Okay. What do you think would have happened in your life if you didn't have access to cannabis products? I'm not exactly sure because nobody could really tell 
what if this or what if that, but I can tell you that while on behavioral health medication, I had a lot more intense thoughts of suicide, and since I've been smoking a lot more weed every single day, it's much less thoughts of suicide. Uh -huh. It's if I get a negative thought, I smoke a bowl, I listen to a song, and I'm happy for three, four hours. Good. Holy shit. Okay, How I have a couple other that? questions. I have a couple other questions. This is like, these are basic ass questions. Okay. Now, the Fetterman, Fetterman listening tour. The lieutenant governor? Yes. Now, there was. I was a, at one of them. Yeah, there was a little video of you that went kind of, sort of viral. That's okay. my buddy, uh, Adam Kala, at uh, Best Adam's, Man Buds. And Adam's the one that made that go viral? Adam Cottle. With Best Damn Buds. Okay. He was in the Air Force. Okay. He's leading the way. He's the one showing me how to do this without sounding too crazy. <laughs> I mean, you are kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm going to try it. Well, yeah, I know. You don't have to tell I'm just me not about shy that. about it, is all. Well, why be shy about it when it's something you can't help? Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Any I try of, not to be shy about any it. Any kind of PTSD or anything like that, it's nothing that you should be ashamed of. It's something that happened to you, nothing that you did. Exactly. You get it. You get it. Bridget never got that from me. He just wanted to say some shit to me, like blah, 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 blah. No, PTSD is a legitimate issue. It really is. Hmm. You know, that's and why it's I. Too, it's way too broad of a term. I do like I I really do like the the concept of George Carlin still saying shell shock for the uh, the that. military. Yeah, because PTSD is. I mean, it is the same for like people that have still gone through like serious traumatic like, stress, sexual like issues. I believe that sexual trauma is so much worse than battle. And any soldier that has been through battle, I'm sure, will tell you the same thing. Sexual trauma has got to be so much worse than battle. Mm. Sexual trauma has got to be so much worse than battle. Because in all honesty, we're trained to deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah. Or at least if you were infantry first. Oh, I was infantry first. I give less than two shits. Try to call me a pogue. I, I have an infantry cord floating around somewhere. Fuck you. Ah. So do you think we should end our episode right now? I have no idea. I ramble on for hours. Yeah, I don't fucking know with who, with a, what's, 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 what. Okay, so this has been about 20 minutes, so we should stop this for now, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's your show. All right, ah. it's mine.